everyone, and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air, and truthfully, tonight, America, it's another one of those days. You know, the best laid plans of mice and men. I put together a show, I pull some clips, I think about what I'm going to say, thinking, you know, it's August. For four years, I've been doing this show, and in August, I usually take a lot of time off, Mike. I take the time off because there's not a lot to talk about, but not in Trump land, America. Oh, no, 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 no. Lots to discuss tonight. Breaking news all day. We wake up with the Washington Post leaked transcripts of the Trump Peña Nieto call, which I will do a dramatic reading of later on tonight with comedian Joe Tex. I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm live, America, and I'm taking your calls at 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the national conversation. Yeah, we get that leaked call. We get those uh, those transcripts. We'll put the Pinoneto call and his call with the Australian Prime Minister, uh, where Trump was definitely a little grouchy by the end of it. And then we get the uh, audio of the Scaramucci uh, phone call. Remember Scaramucci? Remember last week he was the guy we were talking about? Fired, gone. I gave him an over-under of 10 weeks, and I took the under. I was right about taking the under, but man, oh, man. Should have been like 10 hours. It was so bad. So bad. Crash and burn. But that transcript's out. He's doing a press conference tomorrow. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. Uh, we'll see what that is. Uh, and then, of course, at like 5 o'clock, uh, as I'm driving over to the studio to do a little bit of uh, Fox business uh, at 6 o'clock, I, uh, I hear that uh, Mr. Mueller, uh, our uh, special prosecutor investigating the Trump involvement in the Russian hacking of our election, or really just investigating the Russian hacking of our election, has impaneled a grand jury in Washington, D.C. And everybody's losing their mind. All of this happening while the president's in West Virginia doing another one of his Trump rallies just to kind of get his mojo back and be around people who likes him. Because yesterday we learned that the president's approval rating is at 33%. And his disapproval's at 60. Now, America, it's, his disapproval's at 60 in just about every poll released this week. Some of the approvals have been between 34 and 33, and I think it might even be 137 in there. But, uh, excuse me, 36 and 39, and, but 33 is the low one. The Quinnipiac poll was at 33. But his disapproval, 60 in almost all those polls. Uh, that's, that's, that's ridiculous, that is the lowest you can see of a president this early in his term. And I think that's why the president um, decided that he would go back to the base, play the hits. You know what I'm saying? Build the wall. He's in West Virginia right now. People are chanting, build the wall. And we're going to talk about that wall later on. It was in the conversation. Kind of funny. You think about it. Um, build the wall. Stop immigration. Right? president did a thing on uh, Tuesday about immigration policy and changing it to only allow people who speak English and who are skilled laborers to get green cards. Not, of course, addressing the real problem in America, which is that we need a real migrant worker program because migrant workers are being exploited and they are coming to this country because there's a market for these workers. That's why the Chamber of Commerce is going to oppose this immigration plan. Um, you know, not really addressing the problem, but of course, playing to the xenophobic fears of his base, 
We're only going to allow uh, English speakers into this country. He sends St- little Stevie Miller out there to yell at uh, to yell at all of the reporters, and it is uh, it is quite frankly uh, disturbing that this is the way the president goes. Right? He needs to find a way to connect with his base because his numbers are falling, 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 falling. So he plays the hits. He goes, he starts dancing with the ones who brought him, if you will, right? The president became the president because of his xenophobic leanings or really exploiting the xenophobic leanings of working class Americans who've had a tough time in the new economy. We're not really a manufacturing economy anymore, even though manufacturing in the United States is at an all-time high. So why are we not in a manufacturing economy, you ask? I'll tell you why. It's not trade packs that have killed manufacturing. It's not immigration that has killed manufacturing jobs in America. No, it's automation, America. It's automation. That has killed it. It's, it's the same thing. You know, he's in West Virginia right now as we speak, talking to coal miners and coal miners' daughters and coal miners' sons and their families of coal miners. And he's going to talk about how he's going to bring back coal. Well, coal production in the United States is actually at an all-time high, while coal mining jobs in the United States are at an all-time low. Why is that? Automation. Obama didn't kill coal mining jobs. Automation did. And the president will not tell you that. The president will not acknowledge that. And if you don't understand that, and you're sitting in that arena right now, listening to that man ramble on and talk about his immigration policies that are taking away your jobs, well, you know, you really got to wake up, America. This man has been in office now for almost seven months. And he has nothing to show for it. Nothing. Not one real accomplishment. Okay, you'll point to, conservatives will point to, well, he got a judge in. Yes, you had the majority in the Senate, and you did the nuclear option, and you got your judge affirmed by the Senate, confirmed by the Senate. Okay, the judge you stole from Obama. Okay, you got that. That's really not the president's accomplishment. That's Mitch McConnell's accomplishment. Mitch McConnell stole that judicial seat, that Supreme Court seat. So I'll give Mitch McConnell one win there. But where's health care? Where's tax reform? Where's real immigration reform? Where's that big infrastructure project you promised us all? You're going to spend a trillion dollars to rebuild our roads, bridges, airports, tunnels. I was all for that one. Uh, I didn't see it. Where's the health care plan you promised that was going to be wonderful? That was going to cover more people for less cost. No, 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 no. None of that's happening. And as a result, you know, I can talk about Russia all day. The reason why the president's numbers have fallen this week are not because of Russia. No, it's because of health care. It's because of the failure of this president and the Republican Congress to deliver on a promise that they have been making for eight long years. That you give us the majority in the presidency, we will create a better health care plan than Obamacare. They have not done that. So now they're cynically going to do everything they can to sabotage Obamacare. But remember, America, who's in charge and who is responsible for whatever is happening on their watch? Trump and the Republicans in Congress. 
They own whatever happens from here on out. So if you have health care today and next year you're paying 30% more for it, blame Trump. Blame the Republicans. The president knows that his voters are getting antsy. He knows that his numbers are falling for his lack of success. So what does the president do? He plays the hits. He plays the hits. He goes on television and he, he tweets on Twitter about immigration. Stands up with a couple senators and says, you know what? You want to come to this country and get a green card? You better have learned how to speak English. Now, I'm sorry, America. Uh, I don't know what the president thinks is going to happen here. We got a lot of people who are grandchildren of immigrants, uh, who are sons and daughters of immigrants, whose parents may or may not have spoken English when they got here. They may have learned it while they were here. You know, kind of like Donald Trump's kids, parents, uh, you know, uh, Donald, Donald Trump's wife, Melania probably couldn't pass an English test when she first came to America. I'm not saying that should have excluded her from being here. Now I get it. Trump wants to play to his base. His numbers are falling. He's got to go to the people who brought him there. He's got to dance with the people who brought him. Got to talk about how we're going to keep those people out. You better speak English if you're going to come here. I don't want anybody coming up and up to me and speaking Spanish. I don't want to have to press one for English. It's so hard. You know how many times I argue with people about, why do I got to press one for English? Are you kidding me? Press one. Stop being a little baby. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. I am Chris Hahn. This is The Chris Hahn Show. And I am live, if you're listening to me on a Thursday night. 631-451-1039. A little later on, comedian Joe Tex from Face Off Unlimited. We will be doing a dramatic reading of the trump Nieto call. I can't wait. I'm psyched. I'm playing Donald Trump in this call. Uh, I don't know if my Donald Trump is that good. Are you going to build that wall? We're going to build it. We're going to build the wall. And we're going to make Mexico pay for the wall. Uh, I, 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 am, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to do the Pina Nieto call. I can't wait. Uh, it, is, uh, it is going to be one of those things. One of those things, America. I am psyched to do it. And I'm psyched to talk about it. But I got to talk about this guy pivoting to his base. I mean, look. The question is, in your mind, how much of that 38, 39% of Americans who are really true Trumpians are these xenophobes? I don't think they're all xenophobes. So I don't know how much this is going to work. Not only that, uh, if they're not only, not only that, if they're not xenophobes, or even if they are xenophobes, Aren't they going to want to see progress on this immigration bill, which they will never succeed in getting actually done in America? The president of the United States is playing the hits. But again, he will fail because he is not a leader, America. He did not lead on health care. He will not lead on immigration reform. He is not a leader. This is the problem. 631-451-1039. Let me go to John in Medford. John, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing there? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Are you, are you, I think you've been smoking a little marijuana or something there. I do not smoke marijuana, nor do I drink alcohol, my friend. I am, you know, I am, so I am high on life. Maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should. <laughs> so what's uh, what's up? Let me get this straight here. Go ahead. 
So uh, the Democratic Party here, I don't know, there's a lot of crap going on there with the, you know, they're in trouble here. The Democratic Party, what are you talking about the Democratic Party? Is, is, there, a, is, there, a grand, is there a grand jury? The only reason Trump can't get anything done is because Democrats obstructing everything. All right, John, the Democrats don't down. control anything. The Democrats what? don't control the House, they don't control the Senate, nah. and they don't control the White House. So how? And the Republicans they're only need 50 votes in the Senate, and they've got 52 votes. So hey, how is that obstruction? Do you obstruction? listen to Lynn Samuels? No, I don't listen to Lynn Samuels. Yeah, you're, you're going to end up the same way as she did. Okay, well, she was a national <laughs> radio host that made millions of dollars, really- so I hope I do. I don't, this guy, like, you know, everybody thinks they're a comedian. I've got a real comedian joining me in a little while, Joe Tex, and we're going to do a dramatic reading. I'm going to play Donald Trump. Donald Trump. It's going to be bigly, bigly. I don't know. I don't know how good it is. I, I, it's not great. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. Let me go to Manny and Rocky Point. Manny, you're on the air. Oh, hey. So I was just wondering. You know, now that healthcare is out the window. Well, I I think it's out the window. But the Trump, the, uh, the Trump administration seems like they want to keep pushing the agenda on healthcare reform. What do you think is going to happen? The next the next topic that. Uh, the Trump administration is going to tackle at least Congress as well. Too. Well, I mean, yesterday he, he launched an initiative on immigration. I don't know if that's going anywhere, but he promised tax reform. But of course, he's also tweeted at Congress that he's not going to sign anything until they do health care. Yet then he does a press conference with two senators about their health care bill. So I don't know, Manny. Uh, the president doesn't seem to be a leader. You know, I don't think he understands what it means to lead. I mean, he had a very successful business, but he inherited a lot of money from his dad and uh, he made it a little bit bigger. So good for him on that. But leading a country is a whole lot different. He hasn't done well on that part. Yeah, it seems like he doesn't know. He, doesn't, he can't find his path around the bureaucracy, around how our government functions. Well, you know, it's, he, just, it's just it's it's, simple. It's not even just that, Manny. He doesn't know how to build a consensus. When he was president of Trump, Inc., whatever he said went. Now he's president of the United States, and you've got to deal with Congress, where you got got 100 senators, all of whom think they could do their job better than you, all of them of both parties, and you've got to convince them that your way is the right way. And I don't think this president has done anything to try to build those relationships with the senators of his own party, even. So he's not really getting anywhere. He's not showing any leadership. Manny, thanks for your call. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get into the conversation. 631-451-1039. That's the thing, right? He hasn't led. You know, he, he talked about how he's going to be this strong, strong leader. I mean, if you read those transcripts uh, in the Washington Post, he doesn't sound very strong to me. He actually sounds weak, really weak. Oh, please, 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 please build the wall and pay for it. Please, Mexico. Not going to happen, Mr. President. You got to be a leader. You got to be a guy who leads your party. So we're talking about immigration. Again, I don't see leadership here. I see another press conference. I see another soundbite. I see a media stunt to kind of play to the xenophobic fears of his base, to kind of get him back into the groove where the people brought him there. But again, I don't think that it's his entire base that was xenophobic. I think there's a good 25, 30% of them that were. I think 10% of the people, 15% of the people that voted for Donald Trump actually thought that he'd shake up Washington and get things done. And guess what? He hasn't. And as a result, his numbers are dropping. And they're going to continue to drop until he has a real tangible accomplishment that helps people's lives. There are a lot of people that voted for Trump because they are hurting And both parties have really let them down. I take 
I think Democrats deserve some of the responsibility there. Of course they do. People in the upper Midwest who had jobs in automotives or other things, you know, Democrats didn't take enough credit for saving GM, for saving Chrysler. But there were people in the upper Midwest and people in Pennsylvania and even people in West Virginia whose lives are not too good right now who voted for Trump because he gave them hope that he would change a system that wasn't working for them. And now he's shown that not only is he not making it better, he's making it worse. And he's going to make their lives worse. All the while saying how great the economy is. Well, let me tell you something. The economy hasn't changed for the blue-collar worker in America since President Trump has been in office. The economy may have changed for people who invested in the stock market. The economy may have changed for wealthy Americans because, look, the stock market's doing great. But that's the president has nothing to do with that. The president has nothing to do with the economy as it is right now. When is he going to have a tangible accomplishment to show the people who gave faith in him that he was worth their time and worth their faith? I don't think he's ever going to get to that point because I just don't think he knows how to lead America. I don't think he knows how to lead. You got a lot of calls with people hanging up today, Mike. I think we've had like, this is like a record. I think three, we had, yeah, four? Three or four already. Well, this last guy was just uh, complaining about saying, well, the polls were fake. Oh, the polls were <laughs> the fake. Polls yeah, were the polls were fake. Yeah, fake news. <laughs> well, let me tell you, to the guy who called it to the polls were fake. The polls were not fake. The polls were actually Right. The president's victory was in the margin of error. And if you look at the popular vote, look at the national polls, they were right spot on. They had Hillary winning by two points. She won by two points nationally. (laughs) State polls are harder to deal with. They're much harder to deal with. And they weren't that far off there either. They were within the margin of error. So for all you little whiny bees out there who are calling in and don't want to get on the phone and talk to me, grow a pair. I had a couple of good callers tonight already, but I've had seven callers in the last 15 minutes, and all of you are, many of you are hanging up. You're yelling at poor Mike. Mike doesn't need to be yelled at. He's sitting over there trying to produce a good radio show here. He's working on sound uh, bites for my, for my, uh, my dramatic reading. I've got him working tonight. This is great. I've got him working. Hustle in the first segment. Another one, man. Another <laughs> one. It's just like all night. People, the conservatives, you know, conservatives like to put on this thing that they're so strong. They're strong. They don't want to have a conversation. They don't have a conversation. That is that they can't back it up with anything. Right, exactly. They're going to call in. They're going to be like, what about Dennis Rich? No, no, that was fake news, right? Even Fox News pulled that story and retracted it, said it was fake. There's a lawsuit going on right now that alleges the president of the United States gave that to Fox News Personally, personally, America, the man is a publicity stunt that got elected president. This is a publicity stunt gone wrong. The president of the United States never wanted to be president of the United States. The president of the United States wanted to sell a few more books, get a bigger contract from NBC for The Apprentice and be done with it. Instead, he's president of the United States. Wake up, America. Wake up. He's not loyal to anybody. Look what he did to Reince Priebus. Look what he was trying to do to Jeff Sessions. Until every senator in his own party rebelled against him, he was going to fire Jeff Sessions. Trust me. 
It's driving me crazy because the phones light up. I get excited. I want to debate people. I like talking to people who don't agree with me. I go on Fox for a living. I, I like talking to these people, Mike. But they don't want to get on the phone with me because they don't have any balls at all. They're ballless. Anyway, well, maybe in the next half hour, we'll get somebody who's got a little bit of cojones to call me and actually talk politics with me in a nice, respectful way. 631-451-1039 is my number. You can tweet at me, too, at Christopher Hahn, if you're too afraid to talk to me. All right, I'll be back on the other side of the break, and I'm going to take your calls. Stick around. You listen to The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be right back. You can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn Show. Live. 631-451-1039 is my number. If you want to be part of the national conversation, give me a call. 631-451-1039. Don't just call here and yell at Mike. Okay? Don't call here to yell at Mike. He's a good guy. He's just doing his job. I'm the guy you want to talk to. And I get it. You listen to radio all day. You have this station on. You probably hear Hannity and a bunch of other mindless conservatives talking about nonsense. And then you hear me telling you the truth, and it pokes a hole in all of your conspiracy theories of what the world is really like. I'm sorry, America. This is truth that you're hearing from me. I know it's different from what you're used to hearing. I know you want to only hear one side of a story that's been twisted around only to prove their theories right. But I come on and I tell you the truth as I see it. And I base my theories on facts, actual fact that's in front of my face. That's what I base it on. And here's the fact about this president, America. Here's the fact. Res- you know, refute me if you want. Call me at 631-451-1039 or tweet at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter. 631-451-1039. But here's the fact. The guy's been in office for seven months now. Honeymoon time. The time where the president is most productive with his legislative agenda. But this president has nothing to show for it. Nada, zip, zero, zilch, nothing. So how is he going to be a successful president again? Like, what do you think is going to change between now and the time this guy's no longer president? That's going to make him successful. That's going to make him, give him the ability to lead this nation in a way that is helping you, the people who voted for him. What's going to change? He's not a leader now, and he won't be a leader then. Now, I got to admit, I I support uh, his decision to uh, put General Kelly in charge of his uh, White House, new chief of staff. I think that's a good move. I think the president lacked discipline. I think his staff lacked discipline. And I think they needed to put a guy in there who had discipline who was able to bring order to the White House. Of course, yesterday, they let little Stevie Miller out of his cage and put him in the press room, and he started yelling at everybody again. Argued that Emma Lazarus' poem on the base of the Statue of Liberty should not be construed as law in America. But, you know, Americans put that there. The Statue of Liberty was built by French, 
by the French, but the base was built and paid for by Americans. And the, the statue says, Mike, give us your tired, your poor, your weary, your huddle masses yearning to breathe free. And he was asked by uh, Jim Acosta, you know, are we turning our backs on that with this new immigration policy? And little Stevie Miller yelled at Jim Acosta. So, you know, there's been some discipline. The president hasn't been tweeting a whole lot, although a little bit, nothing crazy. I mean, it would be crazy by a normal president's standard, some of the things he's tweeted this, this, this week, uh, particularly blaming Congress for uh, the uh, bad behavior of uh, the bad relationship between the U.S. and Russia. You know, forget about the fact that they invaded Ukraine. Forget about the fact that they invaded us and our election process. Forget about that. It's Congress's fault for putting sanctions on them that relationships with, with Russia are at an all-time low. That's what the president tweeted today. Now, that's a little crazy. But not as bad as Trump's used to doing. So, you know, I guess Kelly's got something going on. At least it's policy. Who knows? 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the conversation. That's 631-451-1039. Let me go to John. I don't know where you're calling from, John. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Medford. Medford! How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. I think your ratings would go up better if you would shut up and take calls and let people express themselves. John, hey, John, I'm taking your call right now. Why are you telling me to shut up? Your ratings probably, that's the only way you're going to get ratings to go up like Rachel Maddow, you know? Because everybody wants to hear John from Medford. Everybody wants to hear John from Medford. You're one of the best spokespersons for... You know, uh, you, you know, can't even you can't even do a punchline, John. If you're going to insult me, John, let me give you some advice. I want you to take some calls, John. I'm a professional comedian. Let me give you advice. Yeah. Okay. If you got a, if you want to do an insult joke on me, I'm not doing any insult. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Take America, John. I'm, they express themselves. Uh, John, I'm giving you some advice. You some won't free. Keep your mouth shut. You're John, you don't want free advice from a professional. You're telling me I can't keep my mouth shut. All right, I got to hang up on John. I got to hang up on him. He's not letting me talk. He's telling me I won't keep my mouth shut, and then he doesn't keep his mouth shut. It's the Chris Hahn show, not the John from Medford show. If John calls back, ask him if he's going to behave and let him let me get a word in edgewise, and then I'll let him talk some more. Right? Was, was I being rude to him or was he being rude to me, Mike? You could be honest. He was uh, he was yelling. He's saying the exact same exact thing to me. I was like, uh, if you want to talk, you can talk, but you go, I was like, uh, keep the language to a minimum. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we only have a seven second delay, John. I don't exactly. want to burn it all in one call. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's a, it's, uh, you gotta let me answer your question. I was gonna give him free advice. I was like, you don't want to insult me. You should at least not have a punchline for the insult, right? I mean, I'm all for a good joke. I could take it. I've been called a lot worse on Twitter than anybody's going to call me up and say, all right, people for the most part are genuinely nice, but at least have a punchline, John. I mean, you know. Don't call me up and 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 say I'm I'm worse than a uh, 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 uh. have a punchline. My ratings would go up if I take more calls like that. I mean I I'm sorry. That's just straight yelling. It, it's just crazy. It's not good. It says a guy who's been listening to me forever. That's not the first time John from Medford has called, right? No. So I mean it's I got that out of the middle. I think John has been calling me for three years now. So I, I at least my ratings are good in the John from Medford household. I know that. Uh, and uh, and all over uh, the Chris Hahn uh, universe. I mean, it's only a couple of stations, but all of, all over the Chris Hahn universe, ratings are pretty good, John. Just want to tell you that. And if there are any other markets out there that might be, you know, guy in the Hamptons right now, you're catching the replay on Sunday night, and you're listening to this, you want to you want to contact me. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, and I'm looking for more markets. And I know there's a lot of people on the road right now who have the ability to give me more markets. So uh, hook me up, man. Hook a brother up. 
Me and you, Mike, we'll go. I'm in. Sign We're me in. Up. We'll do, we'll do some whatever, big time radio. We do, whatever we need to do. Big do. time radio. It'll be fantastic. It'll be awesome. It'll be huge. It'll be huge. <laughs> Speaking of huge, half an hour from now, not at less than a half an hour from now, uh, Joe Tex, comedian, Face Off Unlimited. You know him. He's been on the show many, many times. He's a very funny guy. We're doing a dramatic reading of the Trump Pinonieto call. A very dramatic, a very special episode of the Chris Hahn Show. I think this is my first dramatic reading of a presidential phone call in the history, in the four-year history of Chris Hahn Show. I don't think I've ever done anything like this. Uh, so I've been going on radio and TV uh, since, well, I mean, since 1995. And I have never, ever done a dramatic reading of a presidential phone call, a co- phone call between two presidents, America, Dramatic reading here live. And this will, we will be using the actual actual words of Trump and Pinonieto enhanced a little bit. We've put a few lines in there. So I'm looking forward to this uh, coming up top of the hour. But I'm taking your calls now, 631-451-1039, 631-451-1039. If you want to get in on the action, and if you're going to insult me, you should at least have something funny to say. That's all I have to say, okay? Just be funny, okay? Be cute, uh, don't start an insult and then not know how to finish it. 631-451-1039. But of course, you could call me and actually talk about policy. We could, you could just debate me on the fact that the president, you know, for lack of a better word, is a loser. He, I, I, I thought by now his supporters would be tired of winning. I mean, he's got the presidency, he's got the House of Representatives, and he's got the Senate. And uh, no. We're not tired of winning. You're losing at everything. You got a thumbs down from John McCain uh, last week that is basically emblematic of your entire presidency. It's been thumbs down, not just from Democrats. I had a caller in the last half hour that told me that Democrats are obstructing, Democrats are obstructing. Democrats, he needed 50 votes in the Senate. He couldn't keep his own party together. A party of people who have voted, I don't know, 200 times to repeal Obamacare, he couldn't get them to do it because he's not leading. Being president is more than putting out press release, press releases and doing media stunts. Being president is about building consensus. It's about creating partnerships. It's about bringing people along. It's difficult. It is very hard, and it requires experience, and it requires patience. And a guy who basically ran a family business his entire life and only worked for his dad and himself doesn't really understand what it means to have to bring people along. He was always my way or the highway. You see whose name's on the building? Trump. Well, you know what? It's not Trump anymore. It's the United States of America and you've got to lead it. And it's a very diverse group of people you've got to bring together who all understand that you got elected without winning the popular vote and that your numbers are falling every single day. And if you're not going to lead, you are not going to get anything done, Mr. President, anything at all. So that's my point, America. How are we going to, where is this guy going with this lack of leadership? What does he think is going to happen? That he's just going to say things and Congress is going to go, yes, sir, Mr. President. Uh Uh-uh. That is not what's happening, America. That is not what's happening. 631-451-1039. 
1039. Let's go to Terry from Patchogue. Terry. Terry. Terry from Patchogue. Did I lose you? Hey, how's it, how's it going? Okay. Um, let's go back to the immigration policy he was talking about today. Go ahead. Um, I have a problem with it. I don't mean to be a racist or anything, but they cross the border. They go to social services. They get full benefits, Medicaid, everything. Terry, that's not what happens. Oh, it, oh, yes, I know it does. I know people who have had it happen. Terry. They write an X on the spot, and they get everything. Terry, let me ask you this question. Okay, there's a market in America for unskilled labor willing to work at jobs like dishwasher, lawnmower, house cleaner, uh, you know, maybe work in factories. There's a market for that. That's you why people are coming to America. That. Okay, I understand that. But okay, but wait, 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 pay wait. taxes or something. Wait, 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 wait. Most of these it. people that, that come here as unskilled labor do pay taxes, uh, right? And they don't get the benefits because they're afraid they're going to lose their, their ability to be here, right? I am surrounded by them. They have nicer cars than me. They got designer dogs. You oh, don't you know. know that those uh, are undocumented immigrants, okay? Uh, it's an I assumption that you're making, and I, and I wouldn't make it because, quite frankly, the president needs to deal with the actual problem which we have a market and we don't have any ability to process that market. So there are people living in the shadows. And I thought, by the way, Terry, a lot of those people are being exploited while they're here. So mm. the president and the Congress has not done anything to address that. Well, they are working on it now. No, that's not even what they put forth. They put forth a thing about green cards and skilled labor. What we need is a real guest worker program in this country okay, that acknowledges the market. I agree, but I resent the fact that when I was applying for Medicaid for my mom to be in the nursing home, I had to go through hell and back to get all the paperwork they wanted, but then they cross over the border and they get it all. How do you think that that's, how is that possible, Terry, how do you think that's even possible? Why would it it be hell for you, but easy for them? At least, why do you think that's even possible? That's just not, not true. I knew a Mexican guy. He told me how he got in here and he told me who he, he paid some guy he got him to Arizona, they got him on a plane, and they ended up in some farm over here in, in Mattatuck or something. Right, but that and doesn't, mean that, that doesn't mean that, it, that he's got benefits and it was and easier so for him. He told me he said he got full benefits. Full benefits from who? From the government. Uh, Terry, I he don't know. Food stamps, Terry, he told me he got it all. Terry, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, but I will I'm tell you this. From his mouth. I will tell you this. Thank me. God we live in a country that takes care of people who don't have. That's all I have to say. Terry, I well, love you. No, well, don't cut me off. Uh, come on. You're, I've given you four minutes already. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. My mom, my mom was a Rosie the Riveter, okay? She worked for the uh, war effort, and she should not have had so much trouble to get on Medicaid. No, and, and you know what? Nursing and home. that's no. another thing that the president should exercise some leadership on and try to fix. Is but, there you any know, way you but, can do a, a program besides Trump on the nursing home issues and things like that? Well, I don't really do that kind of stuff. I only talk politics, but if it ever becomes a major thing, and, and you know, I will definitely be involved with it. But Terry, thanks okay. for, thanks for calling. Right. Thanks okay. for calling. Call it. 631-451-1039 is the number. I always give Terry extra time because I like Terry. Uh, I don't agree with Terry on a lot of things, but I like Terry. And I have a feeling at some point in the next four years, Terry is going to abandon Trump because Terry is going to look at what this guy's doing and realize that he's not doing anything. He's not leading. He's just like every other politician, only worse. He's got no ability to get anything done. He's not making compromises. He's not making anything. 
He doesn't even know how to do it. He's weak. Incredibly weak. And he's losing and he's failing the people like Terry. Good people who actually thought that this man would change America for the better and for them for the better. And that's not what's happening, America. We don't have a president that's making things better for people like Terry and for people like uh, people in the Midwest uh, and, and, and Pennsylvania and West Virginia and in the South, poor people, working people who voted for this president, expecting him to lead and expecting him to solve problems. The only problem this president has been focused on has been his own problems ever since he got into this White House. He's a, he's a, he's a train wreck. It's a shame. And quite frankly, it didn't have to be this way, Mr. President. You didn't know the Republican Party anything. You could have worked things out. You could have gotten moderates from both sides of the aisle together and gotten things done. Instead, you turned hard right and you're getting nowhere, and you're not leading. I mean, the healthcare problem, uh, the healthcare debate is, is the perfect example. You know, he tweets out that they need to vote on healthcare. That's not leadership. That's something like a 14-year-old would do, uh, you know, to, to get his friends to go out for ice cream or pizza. We need to vote right now. The president behaves like a 14-year-old. He tweets out demands. Presidents don't demand. Presidents bring people along. They create consensus. They find a way to work with people with different views, people who have their own power bases. He brings them together to find a solution. This president is incapable of doing that. Incapable. Like I said, he grew up rich, only worked for his father other than himself. And every job he's ever had, people have kowtowed to him. Whatever he wanted was what happened. And now he's president, and he thinks that's how it's supposed to work now. He thinks he could call Robert Mueller in and fire him. He thinks that he, you know, uh, you know, firing the FBI director would stop the investigation of him because he's his FBI director. Uh-uh. They are not your generals, Mr. President. They are the country's generals. It's not your FBI, Mr. President. It's the country's FBI. They swear an oath to the Constitution, sir, not to you. So whatever it is you think you're doing, Mr. President, it's not leading. And you are letting people down on a daily basis. You are letting people down who voted for you, who supported you, who expect you to do things for them. Leadership is hard, sir. It's harder than running a family business. It's harder than being a reality television star. And it's a whole lot more than just tweeting. You didn't even understand the health care bill. You didn't understand it. You didn't even know what was in it. That's why you couldn't bring Lisa Murkowski along and Susan Collins. Had you brought one of them along, I don't think John McCain would have voted this down. Or even if he did, it wouldn't have mattered. They were really into this bill. They wanted, to, they wanted to see real change, and your bill didn't do that, and you couldn't even explain what was in it. 
How could you advocate for something you don't understand? You don't take the time to read. You don't take the time to learn. How are you supposed to be an advocate for people like Terry, for people like who are out there right now rallying with you in West Virginia? How are you representing them, Mr. President? You owe them your full attention to what's going on. You're not getting it. It's not happening. It's bad. Absolutely bad. It's a travesty. And it's a shame. Because it didn't have to be this way. Now, we'll find out what really happened with Russia. I've got a lot of good feelings about Mr. Mueller. And if you're clean, God bless you. But if you're dirty, he's going to find out. So why don't you stop focusing on that because you can't control that. You are not above the law. And start focusing on trying to get things done. Because if you start getting things done, maybe people will like you. And maybe if things come down and it's, kind of, it's not the Russia thing, but they find out you had some bad real estate deals, maybe people will let that slide. Like they did with Clinton. So just stop. All right. Comedian Joe Tex joins me on the other side of the break. We're going to do that dramatic reading. I'm looking forward to it. Taking your calls in a little while. 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be right back. The Chris Hahn Show. I'll be taking your calls again a little bit later on, but right now, oh, you know him, you love him, one of the funniest guys I know, one of the funniest guys in America, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Tex, at hey. Joe Tex Online is his Twitter handle, you know him, he's the creative director of Face Off Unlimited and one of the co-founders of that great company, of course, for years on Long Island, he was a mainstay at Friday Night Face Off, but now you can see him at Batsu, Batsu, Batsu in New York City on at Jabon on St. Mark's Place. That, that shows what, in its fourth year now? Seventh year now, Chris. Seventh year? Oh, my God. Five, five, seven years, man. Seven years. It's sold out like almost every single night. And, uh, yeah, very blessed. Very it, blessed. It is fantastic. That doesn't mean you can't get tickets. Where can they go to get tickets, Joe? You guys show to the website BatsuLive.com. Why do you sound? Why do you sound like you're a million miles away from me? You sound like you're a million miles away. I don't know. Is that better? That's much better. That is much That's better. So weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Just go to BatsuLive.com and get those tickets. BatsuLive.com. Of course, you could always go to FaceOffUnlimited.com for all your face-off uniform, all of the face-off universe world. Uh, it runs around there. They're doing great stuff over there. Lots going on, Joe. Man. Uh, what's your take on like this wacky summer we've had in politics? Well, this is just a great, great actual reality TV. I mean, this is the inevitability. This is what we were all working towards, right? <laughs> right. You know, it started with that house where a bunch of people lived in a house for a little bit back <laughs> in the day. And now we've got a reality star TV host president and it's, out of control. The ratings are just great. You're talking about like so this you you blame all of this on MTV's real world is what I'm what I'm hearing. 
I credit this, not blame, I credit this to the real world. That's right. We are now living in a real world. We are living in a real world. Unfortunately, everybody thinks they're famous. Everybody thinks they're a star. Nobody can take back anything anymore because they tweeted it. And now everybody knows what I said. Nobody knows what you said. Nobody follows you on Twitter, right? People got 17 followers on Twitter and, and, and they tweet something about Hillary. And even if they change their mind, they can't take it back anymore. Hey, man, it's a whole new world and alternative facts. And nope, I didn't say it, didn't do it, didn't happen. It's just that's reality, man. This is like amazing. Remember, we're too young for like Nixon and Watergate and all that. Right. You know what I mean? Like we, we missed that. But this is our that. We're oh. getting that. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like Watergate part two. You know, it's like the sequel. Watergate hey, the sequel. sequels do great in the late summer. <laughs> everybody, it's just good timing. Everybody loves a sequel. What do you think? I mean, Mueller, <laughs> Mueller impaneled a, a, a grand jury today in Washington, Yeah, D. I heard C. that. And, uh, you know, Republicans are losing their mind. I mean, I was on Fox at 6 o'clock today, and that's all they want to talk about. It was awesome. Did they give you a fire extinguisher when you came in the door? They did. They gave me a fire extinguisher when I came in the door. They were out. They were like, "You must be crazy, right? You must be going nuts right now." I'm like, "No, nah, I mean, look, I, I think it's, you know, as as good as it might be for uh, the opposition party. I think it's bad for America that we're going through this right now. And I think it's bad. I re- I've been spent the last hour. I really feel bad for those people who supported the president, thinking that he would change things. And in fact, he hasn't yeah. changed things, but he made things worse. Yeah, it's like there's a certain number of the or percentage of the Trump folks, the Trumpeteers, who I do feel bad for, like you said, the ones who really believe that this wild card monkey in the wrench of the system could be a good thing. Right. And then there's a lot of other ones that I don't feel so bad for. The ones that who just no matter what he says or do will be like, no, I still I still support him now. It's like, come on, you know you can't get behind this. Uh, you know what else I can't I can't understand is how are evangelicals still with him? You know, that drives me nuts more than anything. And every time somebody tweets something at me and it's outrageously violent or homophobic, I always check their profile and they always say they love God in it. Every single time. Yeah. It's amazing. That's, that's, a, that's a tradition in religion that goes back millennia. You know, holy, holy thou, unless you're my enemy, then stab you, kill you. Right, right, right. That's you the know? way, that's, that's just horrible. Absolutely that's horrible. That's just the way it is. Absolutely yeah. horrible. So I know you and I have been talking about uh, the Pina Nieto Trump call. Um, oh, it was beautiful. I, I, is, that, is that eligible for a Pulitzer? Is that eligible? Well, I, I'm going to try to get whatever the equivalent of an Emmy is on the radios. I don't, I don't know. Do they give, do they give, Mike, what do they give out for radio guys? Uh Nothing. Nothing? There's no, like, golden microphone? There's no, like, Emmy for radio hosts? I don't think so. Nothing like that? Nothing we could just start that. We could just make the radio Emmys. <laughs> the F- no, uh, Donald, uh, uh, Howard Stern used to have the F Emmys. Remember those? We just start a whole new thing ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we start a whole new thing. Just yeah. like we'll have a night, a night of a thousand uh, laughs. I mean, it's been snow. a long time since there's been old-timey radio with dramatic readings of things, but I, I think you and I, you know, we're both comedians, and we're both really bad impressionists. Uh, trained actors. We're That's paid, what we are. We're paid actors who do poor impressions often for money. 
I mean, I, I've, I have been called a man of a couple voices. <laughs> I have been called a man of one voice that he, mm, that he yeah. basically uses for all of his characters. Uh, yeah, Sessions sounds an awful lot like some of your other ones. Well, Sessions is probably one of my best characters, and I, I've been acclaimed for my Jeff Sessions. You know, it's a caricature, not so much a character, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeehaw! Yeah, Donald Trump! Pew, 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 pew! Mike with the drops. But I am going to do my best to do my bad Donald Trump tonight. And uh, we'll do a dramatic reading of this uh, Pinonietto song. Uh, uh, thing. This is... This is mostly how it went. It is almost word for word how it went with a little poetic license on our part. I think but people. Not much. No, literally, like, you know, <laughs> it's 99% of what we're going to say right now. He actually said <laughs> 1%. You know, it's always the 1% that gets it's you. It's always right? the 1%. It's always the right. 1% of what we're about to do right now is made up. But 99% of it is 100% true. So uh, so I'm going to ask my crack uh, producer to start the music here because we need a little dramatic music. Mm. I've, I've gone with the Mexican novella under, underneath oh, here. So, good uh, choice. I'm going to let it play in a little bit, and then I'm going to start. I get into my Trump mode. Hello. Good morning. Mr. President, good morning. I am very glad to hear from you, and I know we have a, had a point of difference that was complicating the situation. The first thing I want to say is that I highly appreciate the openness of your team and the willingness of your team to work and to open a new framework between our two countries. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much, Enrique. Uh, I just want to mention that when you talk about people coming across the border because uh, times will be tough and and times will be good, uh, that when times are tough, that is why we have a wall. Because we do not want people to come across the border. We have enough people coming across. We want to stop it. Uh, You have some pretty tough hombres in Mexico that you need help with, and we are willing to help you bigly. Uh, but they, they, they have to be knocked out, and you've done a good job knocking them out. I want to knock you out. The only thing I will ask you on the wall, uh, you and I both have a political problem. Uh, I'm doing like a Mexican Trump here. That's part of my problem. Yeah, yeah, stick with the Trump. Stick with I gotta the stick Trump. With, uh, my people stand up and say, <laughs> Mexico will pay for the wall. And your people are probably saying something similar, but slightly different language. Yeah, it's very slightly different. But the fact is... We both have a little bit of a political problem, political bind, because I have to have Mexico pay for the wall. I have to. Don't hold your breath, uh, Mr. President. Regarding who pays for the wall, this is what I suggest, Mr. President. Let us stop talking about the wall. I have recognized the rights of any government to protect its borders as it deems necessary and convenient. But my position has been and will continue to be very firm, saying Mexico cannot pay for that wall. But you cannot say that to the press. Uh, The press is going to go with what I, that I cannot live with that. You cannot say that to the press because I cannot negotiate under those circumstances. Uh, This is going, this is going really well, Jared. I'm crushing it. I understand you well, Mr. President. I understand this critical point, and I understand the critical position that constitutes for your country and for you, Mr. President. 
Let's leave this topic. Let us put it aside and let us find a creative way of looking into this issue. Okay, Enrique, that's fine. Uh, I think that's fair. It's not Enrique, stupid though. It's El Presidente. Uh, I do not bring, bring up the wall, but when the press brings it up, the wall, I will say, let's see how it's going. Let us see how working with Mexico. It will look good for both of us if we say... Uh, you representing Mexico and me representing the United States, we will have good agreement and we will almost be- become fathers of our country. Almost uh-huh. not quite okay. I want you to be so popular that your people will be calling for a constitutional amendment in Mexico that says you could run for another six years. You are very kind, Mr. President. And really, the only thing I'm interested in is for both of our nations to do well. For your government, for you, kind of. And for us to truly have a relationship with friendship and a very constructive relationship, Mr. Trump. It is you and I against the world, Enrique. Don't forget. Please don't say that. I am not on the side of you. I am not. I'm on the side of the world, not you. Please don't say that. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, I really do a bad... I could do Trump for like 30 seconds and then that's it. If I try to read... seconds... Before they start calling in, awarding us a prize money from some kind of prize we I, didn't know about. I don't think they're going to be looking phenomenal. at me to replace Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live as Trump. I, that I was just, fantastic. <laughs> it was fabulous. I've never heard of Trump. It's better. like I could do it for like a second. Okay, bye. But I can't do it for like 10 minutes. You know? <laughs> You're using your hands, right? Oh, I was using my hands. I had my lips puckered out like he talks. I, yeah, I, I was good. trying to make good. my hands seem smaller than they should be. Unfortunately, you know, the trick I... Is, Pro trick from a comedian. The trick is you put your face in the microwave for thirty seconds. That really gets it going. Yeah, you got to do that. You got to like, uh, you got to tuck your penis in. I think a little bit. I think that's. You got to do something. I think, I think you're watching the wrong show. I think that's RuPaul's back. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But that was real, right? I mean, that's that really happened. This guy called yeah. the president of Mexico and said, "Could you stop saying that you're not going to pay for the wall?" Now, I just found that hilarious. I also found it weak, right? And this is a guy who seems like he's so strong, but he's weak. Yeah, he doesn't come off looking good. You know, he was kind of begging there when he gets to the press part. And, you know, these were just a couple of the fun excerpts from the thing. You know, he, he really just went off on tangents. He can't keep a train of thought. I mean... Gosh, did you read the Australian prime minister phone call? Oh, Chris? my God. I mean, I was thinking about doing that because I could do a little bit of an Australian. Hello, mate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we probably were good. We went with the Trump. Right. But, <laughs> but that one was even worse in a way because, he, you know, the, the, uh, the prime minister is like over and over explaining to him. No, if you let me explain, I'll tell you once more why we're not letting these people in. And over and over and right. over. He just kept saying, oh, well, they're criminals. It's like, come on, man. He was like basically saying to the to to a world leader of a country that's our biggest ally. They have gone with us into every ridiculous war we have ever fought. They were with us in Vietnam. They were with us in both Iraq wars. They are our friends. They are one of our biggest allies in the world. And this guy's explaining to him that he needs to make a deal. And he's, he's explaining conspiracy theories to this guy, not living in reality. Now, you know, one thing to say a conspiracy theory when you're out on the campaign trail, but when you're sitting in the Oval Office, maybe, maybe facts should come into play. Well, it's like you were saying earlier in your show that he doesn't take the time to study or read. He just doesn't understand what this whole thing, this agreement he, that Obama made with Australia, right. he just doesn't get it. 
He doesn't get it. He doesn't. He doesn't get it at all. And, you know, sure, this call, uh, the transcript, this is from, like, his first week when he was first getting in. So maybe he hadn't had time to read anything. The question is, if he made that call today, would he get it now? I don't think so. I don't. I think that it would be the same call. I think he would have the same call uh, in the same way with the same ignorant knowledge of what's really going on in the world because he surrounds himself with the Stevie Millers of the world and the Steve Bannons of the world. And, it, it, and these people do not live in reality. They are in a different plane. I wonder who made this leak. Not a whole lot of people have access to these transcripts. And, it's, you know, it's, you definitely don't want world leaders to not be able to call us because you know that somebody's always listening in. It's like when you right. call your girlfriend's house and back in the day, you just knew her mother or little sister was on the line. <laughs> you couldn't say what you wanted to say, you know? You think that he wanted to tell Pina Nieto that, uh, hey, man, I've got some uh, Dos Equis. Uh, I think up? he wanted to say, if you just say that you'll pay for the wall, I'll do anything for you. Right. I'll, I'll bring all, I'll do anything, anything. I'll build you a statue in Washington. If you just say you'll pay for just the wall, say you'll I pay need. for it. Enrique, just pay. You're going to pay for it. We don't really have to do it. Just say you're going to do it. <laughs> the thing that, the thing that Trump voters should understand that also in this call, we didn't get to it in our dramatic reading, but the president said the wall is not that big of a deal. Actually, it's just a big deal politically. And that is like right, he right. betrayed on his yeah. first day in office. He betrayed everything he said for two years. Well, wow, that it, seems to be a theme, doesn't it? The guy demands loyalty, but he's not loyal to anybody. It's amazing. Well, you know, it's like you said before. He even calls his cabinet room the the, the boardroom. You yeah, know, he has no concept that this isn't what he was doing. He calls it the boardroom, and remember, he was no, he was he became famous for firing people in a boardroom. So it's like, you know, this guy is, he's just not good. It's not good. He makes bad. I look, I like the decision to make General Kelly his chief of staff. We'll see how long that lasts. You know, like when the guy gets angry and decides he's going to fire Jeff Sessions so he could fire uh, Mueller, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be the end of of General Kelly working in the White House. That's what I feel. Yeah, I don't see that lasting very long either. He's just too much of a disciplinarian to deal with this inner circle madness. He's a straight laced, straight shooting Marine. And I don't need to tell you a Marine, uh, you know, and and, and Marines basically have a a code and they have a certain way about them that is disciplined. And, and this guy was a a career general in the Marines. And I don't expect, uh, you know, Mr. Clean Marine to put up with the nonsense that this president's doing. Well, hopefully he's learning to adapt and overcome because he's going to need all his survival skills in that White House. Oh, I mean, on the throwing- day that he was announced, his daughter was like, I look forward to working with him as a peer. It's like, you ain't a peer. Right. You ain't You're a peer. He's a yeah. chief of staff. Yeah. You, you know were like, I mean? you know, when you were trying to get your <laughs> shoes to market, this guy was fighting in wars, Ivanka. I mean, with, can- a, with a manufacturing line out of China, by the way. Right, right, right. And so it's, it, it is nonsense. The fact that this guy has to even deal with the president's uh, daughter and his son-in-law is it's nonsense. It's amazing. I mean, it was great that he fired the mooch, although, you know, we were getting a lot of good material oh. out of the mooch. The Mooch was my favorite character. You know how you collect them all. Right. Cards. 
I got the Mooch card. It's well, so good. My money on the leak is definitely Priebus. That's my money on the leak. It, it, this yeah, is, right? Priebus is like, oh, well, screw me? No, 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 screw you. <laughs> you know? Hey, before I go, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, remember me, Mr. President? I was on the phone with you when you were talking to Pinonetto and uh, like 90 other world leaders that day. And the fact that he said to the Australian prime minister, this is my worst call of the day, Putin was better. Unbelievable. Oh, I know. I know. On, I think he and Putin are definitely going steady. I'm not sure if he's gotten a second base or not, but they're definitely <laughs> flirting. And, and I think that, that, you know, Trump is definitely the woman in this relationship, just saying. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. we're at the bottom, if you will. <laughs> Let's just say there's a, a wholesale price for mattresses. For Donald Trump, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, let's just say that that uh, that dossier that everybody says is discredited. I don't know how discredited it is. Let's just no, oh, man. Like, everybody knows that's what they got on them. Everybody, there's got to be something. It might even be worse than that, right? I mean, it might even what, be <laughs> unless he went and hunted somebody in Moscow. What could possibly well, the dossier says the dossier says they have a tape of the women peeing on the bed that Obama laid in. They didn't say they peed on Trump. So, oh, like he was just sitting there going, "Go, go!" Let yeah, he go, was. He, he was rooting him on. Come on, ladies, pee for me. Pee for, see, why couldn't I do that for the entire reading? I couldn't. <laughs> you hear another accent it bleeds in. It started. Yeah, I started doing a Mexican accent for Trump. It was horrible. Uh, all right, I got. Two, I got about a minute and a half left with you. You live in a story. You live in the heart of of liberal America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how are your friends feeling right now? Yeah, you know, people are just kind of sitting back watching the show. Some of my more uh, motivated, diehard liberals, they're out there trying to make things happen. But I think the rest of us at this point see the, the ball's in motion, and we're just kind of sitting back watching this unfold. You know, you flip on CNN and these other channels, you watch the drama, and then you switch over to Fox and you get the uh, – whatever weird story they're trying to push that's not Russia right. uh, during the day. Well, hopefully you uh, only but, flip over the Fox when I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I go there. You see if I see you. Right. It's Every just, time my wife puts the TV on Fox, you're there. Well, she sees me on Channel 5. You know, I'm on Channel 5 a lot. Because Channel 5 yeah. lets me Skype from wherever I am. I've Skyped while I was driving once. <laughs> yeah, which was very dangerous. And they, they were cool with it. They're like, yeah, we just want to talk to you for like two minutes. Can you Skype for two minutes like while you're, while you're driving? Yeah, I can Skype. I'm good. All right, Joe, I got 30 seconds left with you. What do you want to plug? Hey, come see me at Batsu in New York City. Or if you're in Chicago, go see Batsu there. I'm Joe Tex online everywhere. That's uh, the website, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Snapchat, the Facebook, everywhere. Joe Tex online. Joe Tex from Face Off Unlimited, one of my best friends, one of the funniest guys I know. Always good to have you on, Joe. I'm taking your calls. The other side of the break, 631-451-1039. That's 631-451-1039. If you want to get in on the national conversation, get ready. I'll be right back. America's favorite progressive, The Chris Hahn Show. All right. I'm back. 
631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. I think I know what went wrong with that uh, sketch that uh, me and uh, Joe tried to pull off, that little dramatic reading. First of all, it was too long, right? But my Trump impression went south for one major reason. Trump doesn't read, right? And I was reading his lines, so you can't do a a, a dramatic reading using a Trump. I can do the Trump voice while I'm not reading. It's bigly, bigly. A lot better than what I was doing when I was trying to read as Trump. You can't do an impression of somebody who doesn't read by reading lines. I should have memorized my lines and I should have done them as Trump without reading because Trump doesn't read. And now I couldn't get into the character. It was completely thrown off by it. And of course, it was like four minutes and it probably should have been like, you know, maybe 80 seconds, something like that, minute. <laughs> so it was a little long. And of course, my, my uh, Trump impression was stymied by the fact that you can't do an impression of Trump reading because Trump doesn't read. Seriously. He doesn't read. And by the way, if you think he wrote those books that he sells all the time with his name on it, he didn't write them and he didn't even read them. Okay. I got news for you. He did not even read the art of the deal, let alone write it. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm taking your calls the rest of the way. A little bit of time left with you tonight. America talking Donald Trump, talked about his immigration policy, talked about the fact that he's failing the American people, talked about the fact that he's failing the people who voted for him. He failed to reach out to people who didn't vote for him during his honeymoon period. He'll never get those people now. Never. And uh, he had a chance. Every president has a chance to bring people into the fold during their first year in office. This president has squandered that opportunity. And it's, it's sad, you know, because he really was a political outsider. I mean, the one thing that is true about Donald Trump is that he was not a creature of the political party. It doesn't mean that he wasn't involved with politics. He gave a lot of money over the last, you know, 30 years to politicians on both sides of the aisle. A lot of Democrats too, America. You know, I mean, the Trump administration is criticizing some of the lawyers that Mueller uh, hired because they may have given $3,000 in their lifetime to a Democrat. This guy gave millions of dollars to Democrats, and he's president of the United States as a Republican. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But he squandered the opportunity. And it's a shame. And I don't understand how people who are good people are allowing him to continue to lie and continue to promise when he can't deliver on anything. And then he blames Congress. He blames Congress for the failure to leadership. He's got to lead Congress. He's the president. The president proposes, Congress disposes. That's how it works. He has not done that. He has not been the master convener. Do you remember how many town hall meetings President Obama held in the two years it took him to get Obamacare approved? Do you remember how many meetings with members of Congress? The president of the United States, Obama, went to the Republican retreat to talk to them about health care, to argue with them about health care. This president has done no such thing. Couple of meetings here and there at the White House. I'm sitting there in the Oval Office with my pen in hand, waiting. That's what he said, waiting. That's what he was doing, waiting. America, do we want a president who's going to wait or do we want a president who's going to lead? That's the question. 631-451-1039 is my number. I am Chris Hahn. At 
Christopher Hahn on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, and ChristopherHahn.com. Great place to catch up on all my appearances, whether it be on radio or TV. Uh, always tweet out a lot of things I'm doing. Uh, I'm on a lot. Uh, I can't go through my appearances. I got a bunch of them coming up. Just follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. You'll see me there, uh, and you'll learn about what I am doing, what I intend to do. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll talk a little politics with me there. 631-451-1039 if you want to get on the national conversation. Again, I am Chris Hahn. This is The Chris Hahn Show. And uh, we're talking politics because that's what we like to talk here uh, on the radio. But let's talk a little bit more about Trump. I mean, let's talk a little bit more about Trump because Trump is the story right now. What is he doing? How is he doing it? How is he doing so little? You know, he, he, he had a rally tonight where he basically played the greatest hits, build the wall. I think I, I didn't hear it, but I hear, I hear that there was some locker up chants going tonight. You know, meanwhile, there's a grand jury impaneled investigating him. But, you know, keep chanting lock her up. You know, I don't remember her daughter taking a meeting with a Russian spy to get dirt on Donald Trump. I don't remember that happening. And uh, we have that, though, with him, his son, his son-in-law, his campaign manager, and several others sitting in a room with a Russian spy. I'm sorry, America. That's something that Robert Mueller needs to look into. We need to find out if this president or people on his campaign, maybe it wasn't him, but somebody close to him probably because he's awfully concerned about it. And we'll find out. We will find out. Out. We also found out earlier this week that when Donald Trump Jr. issued his statement denying that he met with the Russians, denying that he met with the Russians, what was that? Denying that he met with the Russians, Donald Trump, not the denying, sorry, denying that he met with the Russians to talk about Hillary, but saying that he met to talk about adoption. That Donald Trump, the president, He wrote that statement for Donald Trump Jr. on Air Force One on his way back from Europe, from the G20 conference. So he's actively engaged in wordsmithing and cover-up. You know, these are all things. I mean, I said it on TV to a conservative. I mean, I've said it a lot on TV to conservatives. I've said it on this radio show. Take Donald Trump's name out of everything that's going on Put Hillary Clinton's name in there, and how would you react to it? What would you be saying right now if it was Hillary Clinton, if let's say Chelsea Clinton got an email from a Russian spy and said, let's meet to discuss dirt on Donald Trump, and she was president right now? You'd be chanting, lock her up. You'd be, forget about the, the grand jury and the special prosecutor, there would be impeachment hearings on Capitol Hill right now with the Republican Congress. Right now. They would have had impeachment hearings on her before she even took office, America. They wanted to impeach her before she got in. That's what they said they would do. They would hold impeachment hearings because of Benghazi, even though they had 11 11 hearings on Benghazi. They'd have impeachment hearings on the email server, even though there were were hearings upon hearings upon hearings and an FBI investigation on the server. But, you know, Don Jr., Jared Kushner, senior advisor to the president who's got a portfolio that includes everything, 
meets with a Russian spy to collude on the, the, the subject of the meeting was collusion, America. The subject of the meeting was the Russian government has dirt on your opponent. We want to help you. Let's meet. Honestly, stop for a second, conservatives, and tell me how you would feel if Chelsea Clinton had that meeting, even if Chelsea Clinton wasn't in the government and wasn't on the campaign. Tell me how you would feel. I know how you would feel, and I know what you would say. You would be outraged. You would be calling for Hillary's impeachment and Chelsea to be put to jail, to be locked up. But, you know, Don, it's okay. He didn't know. He didn't know. I don't know. I want to hear what you think. 631-451-1039. Nelson in Miller Place. How you doing, Nelson? How you doing tonight? I'm doing very, very well. So what's on your mind? Uh, What's on my mind? Oh, man. Are you still on this Russia stuff? Well, let me ask you, Nelson. The question I just posed to the audience and you called in. If Chelsea Clinton had taken the meeting Don Jr. had, what would you say? What would I say? I probably wouldn't have said anything if it happened under the same circumstances. Oh, really? Well, first of all, I'm a registered Democrat. Okay. Okay, so, you know, if you, if you want to discuss it, I'll discuss it with you. I, I don't really see the smoking gun here. I just, I've been hearing this for over a year now, and all this taxpayer money's wasted on this. Well, we'll I mean, see. You might, look, you know what? I hope to God there was no collusion. I don't want to see any Americans working with our adversary to affect our elections. I don't think they were. I think, I think they that did. it was just a lot of stupid things from people who were novices uh, in the political game. I mean, you know, Jeff Sessions meeting with that ambassador while he was a senator. I mean, this well, it wasn't nothing. just it wasn't just him meeting him in his Senate office. He met with him in, in several other occasions. Yeah. He, he lied to he, Congress about it. I don't know. I don't know if he saw. You know, who knows. You're not going to. Do you remember me from my previous conversations? Probably. Nah, you don't. <laughs> I know you call. I know you've called before. I don't remember where you're where you're at on the spectrum. I, I'm the one who had that great line about most accidents happening on the road. Ah, uh, yes, you're the comedian. Uh, see, you didn't remember. And I told you that penicillin was also an accident, Nelson. Ah, uh, see, you didn't remember. You see how things go. Hey, Nelson, my mom was 16 when I was born. Trust my me, you're not. Be, my, you're not my too far off. Too, my friend. <laughs> there my you. Mom was 16 too, my so friend. we're a couple of expressway babies. Thanks for calling, man. Have a have a great day. You too. Six three one four five one one zero three nine is the yeah, We're a couple of expressway babies. Six three one four five one one zero three nine. A couple more minutes left with you tonight. If you want to get in on the conversation, it's been a good night. We have got a couple of good calls. A couple of people hang up. A couple of people call in. They want to talk. They got some issues. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's been a wild week. I mean, it's been such a wild week that when the mooch, when his transcripts and the actual audio of what he said that basically got him fired came out today, it was like the ninth story by the end of the day. When I first heard this this afternoon, I'm like, oh, this is the story. I got to play some of it anyway, because it's hilarious and it's fantastic. Uh, Why don't we play that clip, Mike? The mooch. Got it. And Ryan says, paranoid schizophrenic, paranoiac. 
And what he's going to do is, oh, maybe Bill Shine's coming. Let me leak thing and see if I can block these people the way I blocked Scaramucci for six months. Okay, but, but he leaked the CFIA stuff on me. Uh, you know, my financial disclosure has been leaked to Politico. Yes. Yeah, which is a, which, yeah, which is a felony. <laughs> First of all, it, it, we went through this. It's not a felony. It's actually a publicly disclosed document that you have to file so the American people know what they're getting into here, buddy. It is jarring to hear that kind of language, right? And it's kind of funny. I didn't know you had to bleep. Uh, am I allowed to say? I mean, do you have to bleep that? C block? You bleep that? I mean, what about what about a rooster? <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to block his rooster from getting to the hen. I mean, can that happen? I mean, it has to happen, right? Otherwise, we'd have a lot of eggs with chicks in it when we just want to have scrambled eggs with no chick in it, right? So maybe somebody is actually, there is a thing that they block the rooster, which is also known as a cock, right? I could, I could say that. Yes. That I could say when I'm referring to the, uh, the, to the species of male uh, chicken. Yes. We're trying to block that cock from getting to the hen. There you go. So why do we got to bleep that? Like it's America context. can't hear that? It's context. It's context. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, you know? a, it's amazing to me. There's a whole South Park on that. And it's oh, yeah. it's <laughs> hilarious. It was on last night, too. I watched it. it it's hilarious. Uh, and it is, uh, it is nonsense, America. That's a word that I think we should be able to say. It's not so bad, especially at 930 at night on the radio. So, But I, I'll, I'll stick by the rules. Thank you. I'll only talk about, <laughs> you know, the block we put in the way to keep the cock from the hen. How's that? <laughs> I mean, that's the guy the president chose. Okay, evangelicals, I love you. My parents are evangelicals, okay? Love you. Grew up in your church. Most of you are good people, okay? That guy was chosen by your president last week, okay? Last week. That guy was not present for the birth of his daughter. Last week. Also last week, by the way. That's the kind of guy your president wants around him. How is he a godly man? How are you still putting up with this? I mean, is it that important to you that you get another Supreme Court justice? And by the way, pretty sure Pence will give you any Supreme Court justice you want. But how are you still with this guy? You got to send him a message. You got to walk away. He is not with you. He is not of you. And by the way, if it comes between him and you, you should know, like everything else he's done in his life, he will choose him. He will throw you under the bus. He threw his own son, Don Jr., under the bus. The only way he knows how to be on a bus is to throw people under it. He's not, he's not here for you. He's here for him. So I don't understand why you're still with him. I don't understand it at all. It makes me crazy to think that you guys still support a president who brought in the mooch. The mooch is his buddy. He knows how the mooch talks. He knows what the mooch is all about. They had dinner in the White House last week. That's the guy. That's who he is. Remember what the Bible says. 
You will know them by the company they keep. What company is this guy keeping? What company has he kept his whole life? And I'm not here to judge him. I mean, I don't care. I I think the language thing is nonsense. But you don't, evangelicals. You, you, that matters to you. That's an issue that matters to you. So I don't understand how you're still with them. What's it going to take? I mean, you literally have to find him with a dead girl or a live boy, which is the old saying in politics. You're not really dead until you do one or the other. I guess now a live boy is off of it. So it's really only a dead girl. Plenty of gay members of Congress doing fine. Gay mayors. God bless America for that. But I guess the evangelicals, if they found them with a live boy, they'd probably leave them. Right? I, I don't know. I don't know if that group has the kind of character that they claim to have. Because they still support a guy who is clearly, clearly the antithesis of all they believe. And every time I see it, it drives me nuts. Every time I see it, it drives me nuts. I shouldn't be surprised because, you know, when I look at my Twitter feed, the most disgusting and homophobic and violent things said to me on Twitter, I always look at the profile and they always say, follower of Christ or God first. Look at my Twitter feed, America. Go on it. At Christopher Hahn. Look at some of the nasty things people have said to me. There's Tonight, there's lots of them because I was on Fox earlier today. Tons of bad things said to me. And some of them are just political, and that's fine. I'm all for that. I'm all for an open debate. People could disagree with me all they want. But some of them become nasty. Like, go suck. I don't know what you suck on, somebody said to me, but I wish you would suck on a tailpipe. And I clicked on their Twitter. I clicked on their feed. Mike, this is real. I clicked on their feed. And it said, follower of God. God, Reagan, and something else in that order. And I was like, holy mackerel. You freaking (laughs) hypocrite. Go read Matthew, please. Go read the book of Matthew. Haters, Bo. Haters. Yeah, but like, you know, like there are a lot of haters out there. But why do they have to pretend to be godly? Like, God, you think... Or even if they were, like, how could you say you're godly and say that stuff to someone else, you know? Right. I mean, if you're going to say that kind of crap, at least take the God stuff off your Twitter uh, profile. Take it off. I mean, because it's nonsense. I mean, you're you're bearing false witness is really what you're doing. I mean, if you really... I'm not here trying to say I'm the most godly guy. In fact, I'm not. But I've read the book of Matthew. I've read the Bible, something that a lot of people that follow me on Twitter and tweet nasty things at me have not done. And it drives me up the wall because you're hypocrites. And I know a lot of evangelicals. I know a lot of good church-going people, and they're good people. I might not always agree with them on things, but they're good people. And they're being taken to the cleaners by a fraud in Donald Trump. And there are other frauds pretending to be Christians on Twitter and on Facebook and on the internet that are selling these people a bill of goods, and I don't like it. And I hope they come to their senses soon. And I'm not saying they got to vote Democrat, although they should. Because it's a lot closer to what Christ said in Matthew than anything Donald Trump's selling. But what I'm saying is come to your senses and pick somebody who's got beliefs. 
All right. God, I don't even know where to start. I got to remind you all to seek the truth. <laughs> Question everyone. Question everything, America, even me. Seek the truth. It's out there. I know you'll find it if you look hard enough. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening, America. The Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom! Boom!